Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on the importance of Christian apologetics, part three. The importance of Christian apologetics, part three. And as an icebreaker or an introduction, I wanted to replay an episode of an interview that I conducted with uh, pastor, author, apologist, Dr. Tony Evans. He is the pastor of the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas. And Pastor Evans gave his apologia on why Christianity is the real authentic choice. So please listen to this interview with Pastor Evans. This is Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning. We are privileged for this episode to have with us Dr. Tony Evans, pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, For those of you who may not know, Dr. Evans has been pastor of Oak Cliff uh, Church. 37 years. 37 years. Uh, And he's a great man of God in terms of his dedication and consistency. So I am honored to be here with him. And we just wanted to uh, get his a perspective on a question that many of us have uh, asked, and we just wanted to make sure that we got it from a Bible-based perspective. And so, Dr. Evans, I just wanted to ask you, uh, with all of these different uh, religions and beliefs out there, in your, in, from your view, why should someone consider Christianity? Well, I think the thing that makes Christianity uh, <laughs> most unique is, is a word. It's called grace. All the religions of the world uh, are based on what men must do to make them acceptable to God. Christianity is distinguished from all of them because it discusses what God has done to make men acceptable to him. And of course, grace brings in not only a concept, but a person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came with grace, the Bible says. In dying on the cross, he satisfied the righteous standard of God on behalf of all of mankind. So any person who comes through Christ is made acceptable to God and does not have to earn acceptance. That is unique among all the religions of the world, and that is what makes Christianity stand out as distinct. Dr. Evans, I just want to thank you for touching on the core principles of the gospel and really that's what makes Christianity different and distinct because of that gospel message of the savior who came died and rose on the third day absolutely the the, the uniqueness of Christ uh, as fully God and fully man and one person being able to reach out two arms one that grabs God one that grabs man and can bring the two together because of his perfect sacrifice on the cross Amen. Thank you again. And for those of you who are considering Christ, 
there's no one better that can save you from yourself and give you an eternal security that you will never uh, turn back on. So we thank you again for this opportunity. So that was our interview with Pastor Evans a few years ago. And um, I wanted to play that because he didn't have prior notice in regards to the questions that I was going to ask. So out of his spirit, out of his experience, out of his wisdom, he was able to unpack that question from an apologetic perspective. Why Jesus? Why should we go with Christ and not Buddha? Why should we follow Jesus and not uh, Muhammad? Why should we follow Jesus and not Charles Taze Russell? Why should we follow Jesus and not uh, Joseph Smith? Why should we follow Jesus and not Muhammad? Why should we follow Jesus and not Gandhi? So he unpacked in a clear, concise format what uh, choosing Christ is all about. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. It's not about falsehood. It's about truth. So Dr. Evans gave his apologia. And that's what we all should be about. We don't know who the Lord will send our way to ask us questions about why we believe what we believe. We don't know who, whose path we're going to cross, uh, man or woman, boy or girl, that will ask us things about life. And for the Christian, it's not about how smart you are. It's not about how talented you are. It's about being able to give each man or woman a reason for the hope that lies within us. It's about us pointing people back to Christ. So whatever uh, the people in our lives are going through, they should be emboldened. They should be encouraged by our presence because they know we're going to reflect the love of Christ because they know we're going to share the wisdom of the Gospels. And God wants all of us, not just your pastor, not just your trust, not just the deacons, not that just the leaders at your church. God wants every single Christian to read and to study to show themselves approved. And that's what this life should be all about. It's not about all the other stuff that we're distracted by, as I said before. It's not about the concerts. It's not about the plays. It's not about the uh, uh, the magnificent uh, sanctuaries. It's not about the uh, uh, number of people that sit in the pews. Ultimately, it's about getting to know Jesus in a profound and intelligent way. This is why the Bible reminds us to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. We can't leave uh, that last part behind. The mind, the Greek says the nous, the, uh, the, the, the intelligence of our humanity. God uh, doesn't want us to just worship him with our emotions. He wants us to worship him with our minds. So this whole episode is designed to uh, prompt you to work harder in studying, work harder in being able to rightly divide the word of God. All of us are called 
Again, all of us are called. And we can't say to ourselves, well, I can't. That phrase is not in the scripture. The believer should never use the word, I can't, when, something, when God has called you to do something. We should be like Paul and say, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Philippians 4.13. So on the previous episode, we talked about uh, numerous verses that support this idea of defending a faith. We talked about Acts 22 and 1. And if you miss my explanation of these scriptures, please go back and listen to part two. We talked about Acts 26 and 24. We talked about 1 Corinthians 9 and 3. We talked about Philippians 1 and 7. And we talked about Philippians 1 and 16. We talked about 2 Timothy 4 and 16. And then we talked about uh, Acts 25 and 16, as well as 1 Peter 3.15, which I quoted earlier. But to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you and to do it with meekness and fear. And I like the last part, to do it with meekness and fear, uh, to do it with, with trembling and respect. Uh, we, we, we shouldn't try to um, explain God or the gospels or doctrines uh, with impure motives or to uh, ram the gospel into people's throat. Whatever we do, we must do it out of charity. We must do it out of love. And we're not imposing the gospel on, on any man or any woman. We share it. If they uh, reject it, then we pray for them. If they accept it, then glory be to God. But we don't force feed the gospel on, on any man, any woman, any boy or girl. So it's important to remember that. So on today's episode, I also wanted to highlight the uh, unique history we have as it relates to apologetics. Uh, God has blessed the church with thinkers, uh, those who uh, started with apologetics like Paul and those who continued this concept of Christian apologetics, the ability to articulate why we believe what we believe, the ability to give a rational defense of the faith, that's what Christian apologetics is all about. Let me drive it home a little bit more clear if I could. When your students inside the church ask questions, who can they go to to answer questions? Whether it's dealing with sexual identity, whether it's dealing with eternality as it relates to hell, whether it's dealing with metaphysics as it relates to beingness or, or things like prayer and metaphysics, metaphysics. Basically, I'm talking about things that are beyond the physical world. Things like prayer, things like soul, right? The, the, the ontology or the beingness of humanity. Those things are outside the physical world. And God is, is in control of everything, the physical as well as the immaterial. So we need to make sure that uh, our people or our congregation have a place they can go to to get sound doctrine. And that's what apologetics does. Apologetics helps not only to remove objections that people have, but apologetics helps us to better understand what the Bible is saying and what the Bible is not saying. That's important. 
I always get this analogy. There is a division in the federal government that studies uh, counterfeit bills. And for those that are being trained in the observation of studying counterfeit, counterfeit bills, they're not exposed to any counterfeit money or any counterfeit uh, currency. These uh, individuals that are learning how to better detect counterfeit currencies are never uh, introduced to counterfeit bills. They're introduced to the genuine article, the, the real thing. And in studying the real thing and, and, and observing real money, when the counterfeit pops up, they're able to, to detect it because they've been studying the real thing. The real thing is the standard. And if you study it good enough, well enough, you'll be able to, det- uh, to detect when the false currency pops up. And it's the same thing with Scripture. If you study the scripture well enough, if you rightly divide the word of God, when false teachings pop up, you can detect it. So it's important that we meditate, that we pray for God to help us while we're trying to rightly uh, divide the word of truth. So let me introduce uh, some of the early thinkers so you can see the importance of Christian apologetics. One of the first persons I want to talk about is Irenaeus, uh, who lived in the uh, second and third century. That's 120 AD to 200 AD. And he created or he penned uh, one of his famous writings called Against Heresies. And it, Against Heresies, this particular uh, writing, spoke out against the teaching of Gnosticism. And Martianism, and he served under Polycarp, who was John's student. And I like that. That's that's a succession of apologists. You're talking about from the Apostle John to Polycarp, uh, his John uh, John student, and then Polycarp influences Irenaeus. That's three generations of apologists that God groomed and God brought forth. So you may be asking yourself, what is Gnosticism? And it's spelled by the way, G N O S. T-I-C-I-S-M, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-I-S-M, the G is silent, so Gnosticism. Gnosticism um, touted or taught that all material things were evil. That's a lot more I can say about Gnosticism. We just don't have time. But one of the profound teachings was they believed that everything material was evil. And the reason why they believed it because they saw how the material world deteriorates. They saw how uh, imperfect in their eyes uh, that the material world was. And we know this is a fact because uh, sin affected not just humanity, but affected nature. So uh, they, they, they didn't like seeing uh, people get old physically. They didn't. They, they they saw how people died of illnesses and disease. They 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 saw how uh, natural disasters would uh, hurt humanity, and as a result, uh, they came to the conclusion that all physical things were evil. This is narcissism. So they didn't accept the uh, physical worlds, and as they continue along this line of thought, they also concluded that uh, humanity. Uh, was not meaning, meaning that those of us that are alive, uh, we're not really in the physical, but it's some sort of 
uh, mirage in terms of our bodies. Uh, uh, our, 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 they believed in the bodies, but they believed that the real us was our spirit, and our spirit yearned to leave this body because this body was so uh, uh, corrupt. This body was so weak um, that they diminished the body and promoted the spirit or the soul. So this was Gnosticism. Uh, and, and then they had this false view of God, uh, that God uh, was responsible for this um, strained nature, that God was responsible for creating this, um, th- th- this regality where things brought pain. So they rejected the Old Testament view of God, as, and, and they... they, they uh, basically saw God in the Old Testament as some sort of barbarian, uh, as, as some sort of heartless, uh, transcendent being. And, and they rejected that notion, uh, or, or they created that notion of God, and, which is contrary to Scripture. So most of the main theologies contradict the Scripture. God never told us to not value the body. God never told us to uh, prioritize uh, the relationship between the body and the soul as it relates to um, one being evil and the other one good. Um, so Gnosticism taught a lot of things that were inconsistent with Scripture. And again, I'm just paraphrasing. Now, Martianism uh, painted an unbiblical view of God as well. They, con- uh, they condemned the portrayal of God uh, as, as the Bible shows us how God dealt with his people in the Old Testament and they also uh, rejected the material world. So Irenaeus wrote his work against this theology, this false theology, against this heresy. He stood up for Christ by writing against heresies where he spoke out against uh, Gnosticism and Martianites or Martianism. Then the next person I'd like to introduce is Tertullian, who was born in the or circa 160 A.D. And Tertullian, he spoke out against laws that negatively affected the church. He stood up because he saw how certain laws were written to oppress Christians. And he stood up and, say, and, and basically argued against those laws and argued for Jesus. He's also known for being the first to use the Latin word trinitas, where we get the word Trinity. So he was the first person to actually uh, give a name to the doctrine of the Godhead uh, that so, ma- so many of us use. We, many of us use the word Trinity, and we got it from uh, uh, Tertullian, who is also called the father of Latin Christianity. And him using that Latin word Trinitas um, gave us the name or the label that we can use to describe the concept of the Godhead. The next person is St. Augustine of Hippo, uh, Northern Africa. And by the way, Tertullian also ministered in Africa. Uh, So St. Augustine of Hippo, many of you have heard of St. Augustine. Uh, Augustine was a prolific writer. He wrote a lot. He used philosophy along with, along with his theology. Uh, he didn't see that as a separation. He was a thinker. And 
Augustine used philosophy. And, and by the way, uh, philosophy is not a dirty word. I know that uh, philosophy in the secular world has become uh, contaminated from God's original intent of giving us the ability to utilize logic. Um, what's happened is scientism has taken over philosophy. And what I mean by that is many, in, uh, many professors in college, uh, many philosophers over the years have left God out of the picture. God gave us the gift. God gave us the ability to think and reason, but we've become so smart that we've deduced that there is no God. So as a result, many practice philosophy without the one that gave us, gave us philosophy, which is God. And if you're wondering what I mean by God giving us philosophy, well, just take a look at the root words. A philosophy is a combination of two words, Greek, two Greek words. Uh, the first word being philio, which is love, and sophia, uh, which is wisdom. So philosophy literally means the love of wisdom. And where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from God who gives to all men and women who seek wisdom. So philosophy is not a dirty word. It was created by God. He's waiting on many of us to utilize it so we can win others to Christ. So St. Augustine of Hippo was born in the 4th and 5th century, or he lived during the 4th and 5th century, 354 A.D. to 430 A.D. And Augustine was a prolific writer, as I said, um, and he combined his theology with philosophy. Out of the many subjects he touched on, was beingness, okay? And, and by beingness, I mean um, what type of creation we are, just like you have human beings, um, and then you have beings uh, that are animalistic, and then you have, uh, um, you have angelic beings, but then you have divine beings like God. So beingness is the type of soul that we are. And so in his writing, he also unpacked these concepts. He was using philosophy to explain that God is the creator of all things and God gave all of this to us. So uh, Augustine, he's known for his two writings, The City of God and Confessions. Now, um, I hate to say it, but our time has come to a close and we'll continue uh, the episode on the importance of Christian apologetics highlighting early Christian thinkers. I think just knowing about what God has done through the lives of all of these individuals should embolden us. We come from a history of thinkers. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians in today's culture are not thinkers. We're more emotionalists than thinkers. And so God wants us to be balanced. There's a place for emotions. There's a place for intellect. And he wants us to use both of them for his glory. There are those who need an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, so they will know that Jesus exists and they'll know how they can walk intimately with Christ. So again, I hope this episode has been edifying to you. I hope that uh, you find your calling and I hope that you're bold enough, step out on faith and allow God to use you. And if you will continue to pray for us, we can do a lot more for Jesus as an organization. If you'd like to join us financially, please go online 
and uh, you may donate or you can make your donation now to SRM PO Box 582-306-L Grove 95758. Now remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, start having children. And especially as a woman, I felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life. Charity Gale shares a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.